Hey, have you ever thought, how do I find sponsorship for my podcast? Well, look no further. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. You can set your own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. And you never give up any of your rights to your podcast, and Podcorn's here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. If you want to check out Podcorn, make sure to go to the links in my show notes, and you'll be able to sign up for Podcorn and get started on applying for sponsorship opportunities for your podcast. I promise you guys, it's been a great experience for me, and a big shout-out for Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. One of the biggest advantages of doing this podcast is I get to do something that I've been doing for many, many years, meeting lots of wonderful, kind, caring people. This episode is no different. I think this is partially the positive episode, really positive episode, because my guest, Emma Gardner, stands for being positive. And she even says in it, and which I believe is, if you can't say anything nice, then you might as well just be relaxed and not say too much. It's not worth hurting people just to make your point. Try to be right. It's better to be positive and really support people where they're at in their life. We all want to be met where we're at. We want kindness and we want understanding and cooperation. I feel that Emma Gardner is all those things. And she loves to play guitar and sing, so uh, we talk a little bit about that at the end. But I'm excited to introduce to you guys the very positive and kind Emma Gardner. Emma, I think we ran into each other on LinkedIn, which is how I run into a lot of people. These, uh, for like the past 12 years, I've like collided with people all over LinkedIn. Um, but I was interested in our collision, I guess. Um, I think you're doing some interesting things and you're so young doing all these things. So I love talking to young people, like just where you're at in your time in your life. By the way, I like the pictures on the wall back there. Yeah. Why, thank you. I tried Is it very music? hard. I like that. You tried hard? Is that yeah. <laughs> I like took forever picking out what I wanted back there. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> actually. Well, people, you won't be able to see this when I put it out, but there's like... It says music on it. There's a guitar. It looks kind of like a magazine cover. And then there's one that says live the life you're, you've imagined. Yeah. Believe, enjoy the little things. I love that stuff. It's great. Thank you. What inspired you for that stuff? I think for me, it's just how I like to live my life. I like to live my life in a way that I'm always helping others and just using the gifts that I have. And I think for me, it just, like it says, is live the life you imagined. I've always have dreamt about what I wanted my life to look like and how I can incorporate my passions, my values, and my skills into one. Yeah. Is it looking like the way you thought it would look? Actually, yeah, I I would say for me, I've always imagined helping other people. That's just my, my heart is I love helping people. And initially, I thought I would go into law enforcement, actually, to be honest. But mm. um, just from my experience of getting cyberbullied and um, everything in that realm, I just knew I wanted to do something in social media so I can help make a positive impact in that. So the social media thing is it's kind of a hot topic, I would say, these days. What I mean, you're working in it, but what's your take as you look on the outside of it, of how it's affecting young people, middle-aged people, older people? Just what do you think? Yeah. I think it's definitely having an impact for 
all generations. I think a lot of our value and I feel like so much we put so much of our worth into the likes that we get, the comments, that just the interactions that we get on our posts. And it's so hard because when I was younger, I, I didn't have social media. There was no social media when I was younger. And then Facebook came out when I was in about sixth grade. And I waited to get it till in eighth grade. But even then, it affected me so much just because like I said, I wanted to get those likes. I wanted to get that interaction that I saw everyone else getting. And I feel like it's even more so nowadays because we have the smartphones, we have the um, iPads, we have just our all our attention on social media and that presence that we put out there. And I feel like that's so difficult because before we would just enjoy being a kid, but now we have so many pressures. It that society puts on us through social media. And um, I think that's the difficult part and something that I want to change through working in social media and to show people that they have value no matter the interactions, no matter the amount of likes, comments, shares that they have, that they have something special to offer this world. I got, I have a lot of questions. I always have questions. I never know what I'm going to ask, but when somebody talks, I'm like, well, there goes like five or six <laughs> coming up. You ever seen the movie The Matrix before? To be honest, I've not. What are you talking about? How can you ever say that? Don't say that to me. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of people who are going to listen to this and they're going to go, I can't believe she just said that. Okay. I'm going to fill you in slightly. Okay. 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 It just has to do with social media. I was just on a call with a client today. And we were talking about, this is another side thing, like our top five albums of all time. It's another discussion. But um, we're talking about the movie The Matrix and social media and how social media is so much like The Matrix. Because, I mean, the movie, I think, came out in the 90s or so. But it's basically about, you know, people, The Matrix is an altered reality. It's not real. Mm -hmm. And the real world is actually not that great. But the Matrix is this beautiful thing and people are going doing stuff. They're having a good time. And we're like, isn't that kind of like what's happening today? Isn't the Matrix social media? Like, and then you have some people in the film who are like, I don't, I don't want to be in the real world. Just put me back in the Matrix. I know it's not real, but it's fun and it's exciting, you know? And I feel that's I feel that's completely social media for me. It's like, it's this altered reality. And it's easy to get sucked into that altered reality like all day long for that. Yeah. So it was going to be a much better thing if you had watched The Matrix and it would really tied in, but you um, blew it. My <laughs> bad, my bad. I'll go watch it after this. How about that? Please. I want an update on it. Okay. okay. And so how are you going to change in your mind, in your way, what are the things you're going to do to change those feelings that you talked about, the pressures? Right. I think it all starts um, with being authentic. Honestly, I feel like when we continue just putting up a front on social media, I feel like that just continues to hinder us from being able to um, feel like it's okay to not have a perfect life because no one does. We're all human we all have things going on in our life that just causes it not to be perfect and I think for me it just all starts with that you need to be authentic you need to show people um that it's okay not to have a perfect life it's okay to have struggles and when you put that authenticity out I feel like that's the beginning step to show other people uh, it, you can't expect other people to do it if you're not willing to do it yourself. And by, I feel like, like I said, that's the first step. And then from there, you just spread positivity. Don't, mm -hmm. don't comment on people's posts if you have nothing nice to say. Like, that's my mantra. Like, I was taught that if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. And I feel I'm like, big on that, by the way, I'm right. very big. I call that negative networking, actually. Yeah. 
It's like, you know, uh, putting out negative posts or commenting on posts in a very negative way because you don't agree with the person's point of view. You kind of like trash them. Right. You know, and, and that damages your reputation, those those comments, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's such a important step besides being authentic because you're just going to continue hurting people. You're going to make them seem, they're, you're going to make them feel like they can't share things. That's anything but perfect. And then I feel like then also the next step after that would be just just being the people that you're meant to be. Share your gifts, share your talents, because social media and society has such a strong preference on you have to be this certain, uh, you have to fit in this certain uh, cookie mold in order to be accepted but not everyone does and that kind of ties back to being authentic is showing that side and being willing to be um different to stand out and learning to accept that it's a great thing because we all are different we're all unique and we all have something to offer this world so how are you helping people become more authentic? Let's dive deeper into that because it's it's one thing to say, you know, let's be more authentic. Right. But what's the actual mechanism behind that? What's the nuts and bolts of actually doing that online? Right. I would say sharing the good and the bad. That's the first step is if you're having a bad day and you feel like it's something that could encourage somebody else, that's great. Share it. I mean, obviously, people can say that if you're sharing all these bad things, you're wanting some people might do it for attention, but not right. everybody. Like, that's the thing is you have to look in yourself and say, why do I want to share this? Is it to help other people or is it for attention? And if it's for helping other people, go ahead, do it, share it, because you never know what somebody else needs to hear in that moment. And like for my my grandpa always used to say, you never know what somebody's going through until you walked a mile in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And um, that goes back to being authentic and sharing those hard things because you never know what someone's going through. And by doing that, you can help somebody through an incredibly difficult time without even knowing it. Right. You can give them an encouragement and hope that they were not having before. And so I feel like that's like the first step is um, sharing the good and the bad. And then the next step is willing to share your story. If you've gone through something hard in the past, share how you, what you went through and how you overcame it. Because going again, you can help give somebody encouragement and that hope that they needed. So for me, I'm, I try to share the things that are difficult, like being cyber bullied. Mm -hmm. Like uh, that was the person gave me basically uh, an ultimatum. He said, "I either you kill yourself or you like I want you dead." And like that's a hard thing is that it's an eighth grader. I was in eighth grade when I was going through that, and when I saw everyone else going through what seemed like their perfect life, it was difficult. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I knew ultimately I wanted to live, but it was hard living with that where no one felt like no one else understood. And so that, that's like my big thing that I want to share is stand up for yourself. Tell somebody what's going on. Um, advocate for your needs and your wants and desires. And um, that's like my main thing that I share and obviously if something else comes up in my life I'll talk about it but I think for me that's just something I've dealt with hands-on and it, I feel like it's so common in this day and age so I feel like that's my thing to encourage people to be more how, how do um how do you think parents from your point of view should deal with things like cyberbullying? How do parents get involved in this? Because I feel like a lot of times kids, I mean, I have an eight-year-old daughter and she's, 
not getting a smartphone anytime soon. And uh, it might even be a flip phone starting out and all that stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, but how to, because I feel like sometimes I see kids who are teenagers and they're using phones and the internet and social media, and it feels so flippant to me. Mm-hmm. And how do parents get involved in a way that it's, they're helping their kids with things, something like cyberbullying, like what you're going, what you went through, like, yeah. what's the best way or one of the, some ways to help with that as a parent? I think first and foremost, parents need to look at their kids phones no matter how much that their kids put up a fight it's needed um because the guy that cyber bullied me his parents could have cared less what he did online and um i feel like if they saw what he was doing there might have been action taken on their side but i feel like not only will parent if they are looking at their kids' phones or their tablets or their laptops, not only will they see what their kids are going through and have a better understanding how to help them and to talk with them about things, but also they can see what their kids are doing to other people as well. And then I feel like the next step is always following their kids on social media. Never letting their kids say, no, you can't be my friend on Facebook or follow me on Instagram (laughs) because that's where it it becomes, I feel like is dangerous in this day and age to hide because if they don't have people that they know or that they care about looking at their stuff, honestly, you never know what they're going to post, what they're going to, um, talk about how they're talking to other people. And I think that's an incredible and crucial point in this day and age is just being there and looking at their things. Because even though it may make them mad, it can truly make a difference. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, How do you know... When somebody's being authentic or just when somebody's looking for attention, like we, kind of back to the, neg- the the bad days posting, you know, kind of like if you can post the bad stuff. How do you know when somebody's being authentic about that or if they're just looking for attention? I feel like it all goes with their tone. And I mean, it's hard to tell their tone on um, right. social media, but if if they've talked about things in the past and they wanted to help other people there's a better chance that it's being authentic rather than looking for attention if someone but i actually going back to that it's kind of like on the contrary too if somebody only posts the bad things that's most likely looking for attention Mm. it's i feel like it has to be a balance sharing positive things to uplift people, but also the hard things to encourage. And I feel like the first step might be sharing something that you went through when you were younger or in the past so that it shows that it's not like just focusing on all the bad things in the moment or all the things that are going wrong in the moment, but rather shows people that you overcame something and you want to show them how they can too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, No, it makes sense. It's uh, I think it's just such a lightning rod topic, all this stuff, you you know, it says anytime you talk about something that the majority of human beings use, you know, there's a lot of things in life that people you'll never know about certain things in life because you'll never do them. Right. But when you have these kind of universal topics, and now social media has become one of those things because the majority of the world is has or is using it. Everybody has a, a, a very lightning rod based opinion for it. I got to tell you, most of the people that I talk to, and I can only go off from my observations and my conversations. I don't know about what the world thinks, but I'm sensing a very large fatigue of these things. Are you sensing any of that or is it different? You have a very different take on that. I do sense a fatigue I, in the sense that 
people are tired of putting up a front and mm. almost like a facade that they everything's great grand wonderful when it's not and i feel like the cool thing is is more people are becoming authentic and sharing the hard things and i feel like there's there's 100% more authenticity than people looking for attention authenticity i would say is about 98% yeah. To be honest. And then there's a 2% in the world that is probably looking for attention. But again, we don't know their hearts. We don't know their, their desire. It may have just come off wrong. So I feel like that's the hard part. But I feel like overall, yeah, there is a fatigue. There's a fatigue for not wanting to be perfect or looking like they're perfect anymore. They want to yeah. be seen and accepted for who they are and their gifts that they have and what they can offer this world. Yeah. I think it was interesting. Like the field that I'm in is a very hot button ish deal because in fitness and wellness have, has seemed kind of the perfect breeding ground for craziness in social media because of pictures and Instagram and Snapchat and apparently TikTok and all these things. I don't have any of this stuff, by the way. It's just like people tell me these things. Uh -huh. And one of, one of my business partner's daughter is like 14 and she's like, I'm TikToking. I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. I was like, it seems like more self-narcissism to me. I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> like, this is so weird. It's like, we're so into ourselves. Like, we just want to, like, put ourselves out there all the time. I think that's part of the fatigue. For me, I got rid of most of it a long time ago just because I was like, I really don't want to focus on myself like this. Like, plus, who cares where I went to the movies last night and <laughs> what I ate for dinner, you know? Like, I grew up in the 80s. Like, if you went to the movies and you like, it's the equivalent to me of like, if you went to the middle of the movie theater and like, I'm watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off today, just so everybody knows that I'm watching this movie. Did you know that? I'm watching a movie, okay? Everybody be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you just tell a bunch of people that you have no clue they are that you're watching a movie? So it's, it all seems very crazy to me. But then I also love the ability to meet people from all over the planet and do things like we're doing now. So I've always told people, I am very conflicted by this whole thing completely. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's my own issue, you know? No, I, I totally can see like where you're coming from. I think that's the hard part is I don't know. I feel like social media has good and bad sides. Like I said, the bad sides are you can hurt people. You can you can you can say rude things and feel like you can get away with it because you're not saying it to their face. Right. But on the other side, if you use social media for good you can truly i feel like help change the world it sounds like because, star wars uh, use it for good right <laughs> the force use it for good or bad <laughs> you know yeah yeah but it does. <laughs> I, I feel like truly like if you use social media to encourage people to share your story to mm -hmm. be authentic and just spread joy, love, and your passions. I feel like you can truly help change the world because I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's just we've gotten so off base for how social media should be used. And yeah. I think it's just something we need to get back on track as a world, as a culture, and as a society. You know, I think we're coming into, I totally agree. And I use LinkedIn. That's the only thing I use. And then this community spot, I guess, that I'm on now. It's just a really positive. I love, I'm into positive communities. Like it's generally extremely positive. Um, but I think as I think about the listeners and the time we're heading into, 
We're heading into the most volatile time on social media coming up, election season. And so that season almost always brings out the ugliest of people online. Mm -hmm. How, you know, if you're working with people, how do you coach somebody in this type, this season? Because I, I think this is, this is where people fracture friendships, relationships, because of political references and all those things. What's your advice on that? Don't post it. Don't Agreed. Post it. <laughs> yeah. Keep your politics to yourself. I don't even think they should be talked about in families. I don't oh. think it should be talked about in um, friendships. I mean, obviously, you most likely know what your spouse like is for on the political side, mm-hmm. whether they're Democrat or Republican or independent, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's okay to know, but I don't feel like you should debate politics. I feel like home and friendships and wherever you put your time and value in should be a political free zone. All right. You know, we're going to go deeper into this, right? Now you said it, you did it. You did it now. Why you make me do this? (laughs) Okay. Let me, let me stretch a little bit. (laughs) Like, so why do you think, do you think, no, okay, let me rephrase this. Do you think that people have difficult times having just general civil conversations about politics? Is that why, or it turns into a debate basically for people. Is that what you're thinking? I feel like it turns into debate and just an unneeded argument because if Mm. they don't see eye to eye, they just start arguing and all of a sudden a day that was going just fine and they were having a great, grand, wonderful time turns into a terrible day and they're mad at each other. They won't talk. And I've seen so many fights on social media specifically also over politics. And it kind of, I feel like it almost ties back into if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Because if you're not going to see eye to eye, well, first off, you don't know if you're going to see eye to eye with somebody. So why even take a chance of bringing it up and causing a fight? I feel like there's so many family separations too, or friendships or anything that any relationship can, I feel like so I've seen so many relationships fractured because somebody said something about a politic, like politician or like yeah. political view and I feel like I mean I don't I don't think it's necessary to share I think it's yeah. something that it's private it's almost like I don't know I feel like it's almost like if you went to a doctor what you shared between that doctor is private you don't go around sharing with everyone what you just talked to your doctor about and so like I feel like that's almost like the same thing with politics. You have your beliefs, you have your opinions. That's great. You don't need to go around sharing them. Why is it turned into that, you think? I think I don't honestly. I, <laughs> that's a great question. I'm just going to keep going down this hole here, you know. <laughs> Come on. And this is staying on. We're not editing this out. We're not saying anything specific here. It's just a conversation. Um, I don't know why it's turned into this. To be honest, I, I feel like kind of going back to social media is that it was never like this. And then all of a sudden Mm. something flipped and changed. It, it, people started cyberbullying things something happened to make that change because before it wasn't like that it was calm it was where you just connected with your family and friends and was able to stay in touch for from people that lived across the country but now it's something that hurts people and I mean obviously there's not everybody's gonna hurt you on social media but there's there is that possibility that somebody could say something and that hurts. And I feel like that's almost like the same thing with politics is that something just clicks. And I mean, I don't know when it clicked. I don't know where 
what caused it, but something clicked where people get hurt if somebody that they care about doesn't see it the same way. I have a theory <clears throat> about this. I'm okay. going to take you off the hook here, okay? <laughs> I don't edit myself, man. But I'm also very nice in how I say things, in a sense. I, I'm editing, but not. I don't know. That's not weird. But I think it's that because we have created kind of a, a good versus bad or an evil like this showdown between things. Basically, we have a two-party system, essentially. Right? If it was like a six, seven party system, it may be divisive, but it's kind of like you're pitting, it's like a boxing match, it's two people against each other. And you're making people choose sides, generally. I know there's independence and stuff like that, you know, like, but people don't look at it that way, generally speaking. They're like, oh, it's this party versus that party type of thing. And so you're like pitting people against each other. Whenever you pit people against each other in a competitive format and you get old school ideologies with it mixed with new school ideologies. And, and then you get people looking at, say, hey, look at the founding of the Constitution. And you look at the history of our country. It becomes this pot, this boiling pot of like animosity and distrust. And this is how the thing, this things were done. All oh, these people are very liberal and these people are very conservative. And they never look at it like, Everybody's searching for this moderate candidate all the time. Where is that? <laughs> I'm like, you know, we 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 want to say, I want my I want a moderate life. I want things in the middle. I find that's very difficult for human beings to be moderate. Like they get sucked, we get sucked into I'm on this, I'm on team so and so. It's like even like weird stuff like Twilight, and people are like, I'm on team Robert or whatever, and I'm on team this whatever like people love putting themselves on a team and then they if you're on that team you want to fight the other team instead of being like well which is so funny if you look at like the culture of like powerlifting athletes they compete against each other but they look at but they take care of each other there's a huge camaraderie of like that person's competing against me but i want them to win i want to help them that does not exist in politics for that. It's like, no, no, we want to win. I'm not, we're not trying to let the other party win. Why would we want that? We want to enforce our whole things. So the theory for me is very it's like you're pitting people together all the time. And then you have generational politics, which is where people uh, are part of parties because their family is a part of that party. Mm -hmm. And they don't have they don't critically think whether that's the right thing or not for them. They just go, well, my grandfather was this, my mother was this, blah, blah, blah. So then you have generational politics. So there's all these like bombs within each thing. I don't know, I'm going off on this. I know, but I'm just I'm I'm flexing. I'm just telling you. I'm not telling you my thing. I'm not telling you what I'm into. And I'm just just looking at it from a 30,000 feet observation. I don't know if it's right. It's just what I'm observing, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. That was a lot to take in, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm processing. I mean, you haven't watched The Matrix, so how are you gonna know this stuff? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> You're like, why is he killing me? I'm like, pause this and I can go watch it really quick. It's on Netflix, okay? It's no right. problem. The trilogy's on there, come on. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, like with social media, you said, when did it change? Yeah. I, I don't know. That, I feel like I have a better idea of like theory-wise politics, social media. What was the flashpoint? Right. I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. I mean, logically, I know it's not something that just happened overnight. There was right. things that was like small little breadcrumbs leading up to it to cause the change of that. But unless you... Unless you were the one that, or the, I don't know, unless you had the paperwork documenting that, which it doesn't exist, mm -hmm. like, documenting every little step that added to the switch, like, we're never going to know the true reason. And I think that's the hard part, but also, it's a part that 
if we don't want, I feel like it's beneficial because we can be the change. We can be the, if we, if we are really sick and tired of those things happening, being cyberbullied or having people that we care about being cyberbullied or anything like that, I feel like we need to take a stand and we need to be the change that we're always hoping for. Because, I mean, obviously it's not going to start with, it's not going to happen with one person. So we all need to take a stand and we all need to take the steps towards that. And I feel like when we start showing that authenticity and that, like our true selves on social media, it's almost like taking that stand. It's saying, I'm not going to stand up for always having to look or appear perfect. I'm not going to stand up for x y and z this is this is who i am this is who i'm proud to be so let's all take a stand and rejoice in who we are rejoice in our unique and beautiful gifts and passions and skills because if we're all like i see we're all part of one system if we were all one leg where would we get where would we go like we all need to be a part to make this system go, to work, to move, to thrive. And if we were all the same, that wouldn't happen. So I feel like that's so important why we need to show our unique gifts and our passions and our skills on social media because it not only encourages others, but it it just causes the riffle effect of goodness. I feel like. I think that's, you know, well, a couple things. One, you know, like we can be the change, we can be the reason. It's basically the lyrics to the song Flower in the Gun by Michael Franti. It's a pretty good song. I mean, it's really, really good. Have you listened to that? No. no. <laughs> you got a lot of homework to do. Right? I do. I do. <laughs> but it's very, it's very positive. It's a very positive song. It's good. Um, but, you know, I think is in the history of human beings, you know, we often highlight negativity. We highlight things that are controversial. News, so much of what goes crazy and what people glom to is is the car crash, is the thing. And I think human beings, we're always trying to overcome our obsession with um, the crash all the time. You know, the, 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 the negative news, the, the sensationalized, polarizing things. So I I'm totally agree. I'm into the positive aspect of it. I just think that it's very hard because it's not glamorous. You know, go out there and you're being positive all the time. You're pumping stuff. And but then you're but then you got this thing whispering in your ear like you're not gonna go viral if you're doing this, you know. You need to put up something weird. Like you need to be and it's so strange, I think, that we're pushed into that, you know, like be crazy, say something nuts so that a bunch of people will comment on it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's the, um, the temptation element of, of social media. Like, hey, be like this so you can get all this attention, you know? Right. And I feel like that's like the hard part is, I feel like we, we, I want to be careful with how I say it. Um, with people going viral and everything like that, I think it's it's hard because we almost watch those things because we wish that we were going viral as well. But I feel like we also need to make a change of what goes viral, if that makes sense. Like, Agreed. So we need to... We need to highlight the things that matter, the values that we have, the 
what we want our world and our society to be, we need to allow those to go viral and not the somebody doing a crazy skateboard trick or a crazy yeah. like yeah. whatever it may be, whatever is going viral. I mean, I don't watch those. I, I don't think either. It's, I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know what's going viral now, but I, I think we need to change the definition of what goes viral. I think if we want to see a positive change on, on social media, which I know so many people want that, because just from talking with people, they have said, I want to see positivity again. I don't, I'm not on social media because of all the negativity mm-hmm. and just all the terror, like all the t- terrible things that are posted. And I think that's like the important thing is, is that, like I said, we need to change the, the way we see things that could go viral that could be seen by a bunch of people because if we continue saying oh this is what's in like the line or like what meets the criteria to go viral then people continue to do it but if we don't rewrite the rules sort of say or the the beliefs there's never going to be that change no it makes sense it's um i was gosh i forgot who i was talking to but we were talking about how like wouldn't it be great if it was social media was more like more of like being being better like being good like wellness um if you posted something and it was like improved your well-being score or something like that you know like i think we should get rid of these likes and all this stuff like that you know, and all these weird, um, addictive based things that keep people pulled into it. You know, it's like, if you, I mean, if you want to get people addicted to it, I'm getting people addicted to doing nice things, you know, for people. Right. You know, and, you know, positive comments or use a reward, uh, system or a system of like, Hey, if you put, you know, whatever, these type of negative comments, then, Hey, you know, you lose points or something. I don't know. You know, like, are you, you know, you're only allowed to do this many posts now because of this, you know, you gotta, you gotta hit people and like people respond to reward a kind of almost, almost punishment systems in weird way. Right. Weird and you have to like hit them where it matters. Like if they love having like all these, let's say, this is just weird for me because I don't identify with any of this, but let's just say it was like you had all these followers and if you were spouting all this negative stuff, it started dropping people, dropping your followers for that. Yeah. Oh, I got rid of 20 people today because of these negative comments. That might change something. I don't know. Yeah. It's just an idea, you know? Well, I feel like also people are just stopping following people that are constantly negative, which yeah. I think is like something that's catching on. I mean, I, mm. I definitely, I don't follow anyone that's causing me to feel bad about myself or for me to have a go from having a great day to being, wow, like, what do I have to, like, like, what can I do? Like, I'm not going to ever have that many dot, 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 like, followers, likes, comments, whatever it may be. Like, I feel like instantly when you feel bad about yourself or what you're doing, don't follow them. Yeah. If they're, like, I feel like that's, what I'm seeing in my friendship circle and um, in just in the community that I like surround myself with, like, I feel like so many people are done with negative negativity. So I feel like that's on the right track. People stop following people that are spreading negativity. That's the fatigue though, right there. See, but the hard part, this is going to be controversial. It's okay. But I just, you're part of this. You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> like, the hard part is what if that fatigue is coming from the leader of the country? <laughs> you know, the, the negativity, you know? It's like, that's very difficult. You know, it's, but again, even so, you could choose to turn that off. You can choose to not listen to that. You know, whoever it is, I don't care if my mom was being negative online. I'd block her. I would. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just you're inundated with it. 
And I, I do think on some level, like people are just tired of people saying outrageous things. That's what I feel like from the top down, from the leader of our country to random people all over where we're just tired of random, silly, outrageous talk. That means I'm sick of fake news and all that trash and people talking about it. I'm like, you can only be say things so long before your true self comes out. You know, everything done in the dark comes to light at some point, always does. But you can only you can only not be yourself for so long. Yeah, you will get exposed. Yeah, I feel like that's like the thing is that. I don't know. I feel like kind of going based on that is if no one, if you have nothing like positive to say on social media, I think maybe take a break until then or don't be on it at all. Like don't spread the negativity. I feel like that's the hard part. It's like it, like you were saying with like, somebody's true colors coming out like it goes hand in hand with spreading kindness and yeah yeah and encouragement and i feel like social media should just be for that spreading encouragement because you can reach the numbers that you would never reach in your circle or the people around you you can truly reach the world with that message that you're spreading and you can choose to spread negativity or you can choose to spread that kindness and the encouragement and the encouragement and the kindness is what the world needs we need to hear that yeah and so i feel like either if you can't do that don't be on social media or just i don't know i don't know if how else to do it if you can't if you're just hurting people, why, why even be on it? You said something that's very interesting to me, kind of like you might have to take a break. And I also think it's deeper on some levels because even though I don't use a lot of this stuff, I do watch a lot of, uh, I study a lot of um, information related to it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just because it's all human behavior. I'm, a, you know, I studied human behavior, my doctorate and the whole thing. Yeah. And how does somebody now this is another thing this is a different i feel like this is the same beast but different okay how does somebody combat the rabbit hole effect are you familiar with this with social like in youtube the algorithms that are created to suggest more content that you let's say you go on a youtube or something and you're watching something that may be controversial you know it it feeds you more controversial stuff because it, it, it's the algorithm that says hey if you watch this thing and it was totally crazy, I'm going to send you more crazy stuff. Right. And then you get thrown down this rabbit hole where like three hours later, you've just watched a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> and then it keeps feeding it to you. You know what I mean? How does somebody combat that? I mean, I feel like if somebody hasn't been down the rabbit hole before, first off, it comes down to choices. You can choose to watch those videos. You can choose to continue to watch it even though you feel like it's not something good. So if somebody hasn't gone down that rabbit hole, choose not to. Just choose to feed your mind and your surround yourself with the things that you value. Like, I guess before you watch the video, just based on the title and the topic and everything like that, ask yourself if it goes with your values yeah, and everything yeah. like that. Does it go with what I want in my future? And if it does, watch it. But if it doesn't, don't watch it. But to answer your question more directly, if somebody's already in that rabbit hole, how do they get out? I guess you start with, before you click on that next video, that... Say, like, the next day after you watch all those videos, before you go down it again, ask yourself, do you, does it align with your values, like I said before? And then, if it doesn't, start kind of going the opposite. 
redo the algorithm by looking up positive videos, positive music that fills you and fills your fills you with joy and fills you with happiness and excitement for the future. And as you, you can reverse that rabbit hole that you did that for the before that just like destroyed your mood for the day. You can fill it and and do the opposite, almost like opposite action where Mm -hmm. you just fill with joy, fill with happiness and fill with what your values align with. You know what? You're sticking to message very well here. Just so you know, you're you're on message here. Cool. I got it. <laughs> you're like good. He, I, I'm not trying to pull you from your message. That's not me. I'm not that type of person. I just ask questions. That's yeah, all I do. I just, course. you know, do you think social media is addictive? Yes, I do. I do too. I feel like I've, at my like myself, I've gotten addicted to it. Where. I would be like, I'm so tired, but I'm still scrolling through it. And um, I ask myself, why am I doing this when I'm tired and I want to go to bed? I feel like we almost get in a pattern in a, almost like a ritual that like, okay, when we wake up, we instantly pick it up and look at what's new or what happened overnight. And then when we go to bed, we want to relax and to reward ourselves almost for like the hard day that we had at work or at school. and. I almost feel like we need to retrain our brain and retrain and like fill our almost I I guess fill our um what once used to be our ritual time of looking at social media with something that definitely aligns with what we want to spread what we like want our values to be because I mean I've seen somebody on my social media, instead of um, using her phone to wake her up, she actually bought an alarm clock. And for 30 minutes, when she wakes up, she's reading positive books. She's reading um, messages that lift her up and makes makes her excited about the day, but also the future, what she could um, help with what she's passionate about and what she can do. And um, I feel like we just need to make mindful steps towards the things that we want to see. And we need to almost take a stand and say, okay, I'm not going to be addicted to social media. And it's almost like that cleanse that you need to do, but in the end, it'll be worth it. I will not let my phone control me. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) No, I I think it's good. It's I totally believe. I mean, more more than even social media, it's the phone addiction. That's the main thing. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you this. I said this in a podcast a while ago. My friends and I talk about these tech things and stuff. I totally believe the phone's going away at some point. I may be the only person that's into this. A couple other people. You might not. Everybody listening. You're like, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm just telling you, DVDs were popular too at one point. Right. Like, a lot of things are popular. Nothing lasts forever. The form of the phone is going to change first. That phone's going to look different coming up. Think about how different the phones looked over time already. Right. Like from the flip phone to the iPhone. It's going to yeah. die. I'm telling you. And I'm telling you why. I have a, I, this is my, th- I'm full of theories today. Okay. <laughs> It's becoming too expensive. The iPhones are way too expensive now. You're talking like a thousand dollars now. Right. It's ridiculous. People are not upgrading their phones as much as they used to. It's hurting Apple, and they're moving into streaming more than anything. Right. The phone people, I'm telling you, if you grew up with a phone, you better get, you better start bracing yourself, man. At some point, it's going away. See, I have the luxury. I grew up without a phone, without any technology. I, I'm okay if it end, ends. I remember what living like that was like. Right. If you never lived without it, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, for me, I didn't have a flip phone till I was in sixth grade. So, and then even then, like from sixth to uh, eighth grade graduation, I didn't have an iPhone and all that. Right. And even then, I didn't have data, so I couldn't do much. Yeah. <laughs> I could only yeah. 
I mean, think about me. I didn't have a phone until I was like 23, <laughs> something like that. I mean, can I you imagine that? Flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be all about it. Seriously. Right. I'd be like, you don't need this much stuff, you know? Yeah. I want my blue razor back. The blue razor back. That's was, funny. That my phone. That was like the one that had like the keyboard and all that. You could yeah. like it up yeah i want that one back please you know why because we're good when we do like one or two things pretty well yeah we're not good we're not meant to have like 50 apps and stuff yeah. like that you know like i went through my phone the other day and i got rid of like all these apps i have very little apps now i mean like it's a joke how little of apps i have but it's only things that i actually feel good about having right and i use regularly and they're positive for me and it was like I was cleaning my house, but I was cleaning my phone. You yeah, know? definitely. I feel like it, it almost like goes back to what you want to fill yourself with. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to have all these apps that does nothing to lift you up, does nothing to encourage you and make you look forward to the future, like why have them? Right. It's almost just taking up space. It's almost like having clothes in your closet that you haven't worn in like years and you're, but you keep it because you feel like you might need it someday. Man, that was a great analogy. Fantastic. You. you crushed that one. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's so true though, right? Like you have all these clothes and you're like, I mean, let's get rid of these clothes. No, 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 no. I might wear that jacket. I might wear that. And you're know, like, you're never, you haven't worn it in like two years. <laughs> right. And I mean, <laughs> Ultimately, if you really find out that you need that app again, you can always re-download it. So but, easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, why not take a chance and try living without those apps that doesn't fill you up? Try right. and just doing it for 30 days and seeing how you feel. If you feel worse than you did before, all right, like, guess you could just re-download it, but... <laughs> feel better i'm like 99.99 percent .99 sure you're gonna feel so much better by not okay. having those things around that you're gonna even forget about what that app was oh yeah for sure hey i see you have a guitar back there do you oh, play I do. I do play wow really <laughs> yeah like what type of music you play um i actually played um i was gonna do like the band at my church and all that uh -huh. so i was taking like lessons from the guys there um so i i know mainly those songs okay um but yeah i mean i also write my own songs, so i know my songs wow really i do I how am come you didn't offer to sing on this you should have offered to come on like a <laughs> little mini performance or something come on <laughs> When I said I was going to try out for the worship, I got too scared for stage fright. Oh, okay. I can speak in front of, I don't care how big the audience, I can speak. When I get up there with a the guitar and like singing, I get so nervous. Really? I do. Oh. You probably, are you pretty good? You think you're pretty good like at, at the guitar and singing? Is it good? I feel like, yeah, I mean. I feel like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have performed and people liked it and I've recorded songs before, but nice. I don't share them very, with very many people. Really? Wow. I'd like to hear some music at some point. You know, I want, I love worship music. I love it. I think it's really good, uh, but I like all types of music. I really enjoy it. Actually, I'm doing this challenge. I might start doing this on my podcast with all the guests. <laughs> It's called uh, the Top 5 Album Challenge. Oh, gosh. So it's basically, what is your top five albums of all time mm -hmm. that you love? So I'm not going to put you on the spot here or anything, but like uh, we've been having a really good time. <laughs> yeah. But I think what you should do is think about it okay. and maybe let me know. It doesn't. It's not part of the podcast. It's, I'm just fascinated by it, you know. You know. At least it's not part of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I know mine very quickly. I mean, I, but I've thought about it for so many years. Right. I mean, I've just been so into it for so many years. So like, I just rattle it off. 
But for a lot of people, they don't always think about it. They're like, oh, I really have to think about that. There's so much music out there and stuff, you know? Right. And I mean, like, I feel like we've, like you said, we've listened to so many, so much different music, songs, and artists that, like, we're like, I don't even know the names of the albums. No, I- don't say that. <laughs> don't say I that. I just don't know the album names. No. You like my top five songs. Come on. <laughs> the people your age don't listen to albums and stuff? What is this? Oh, no, they do. I just pick songs from albums. I don't listen to the whole album. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. First the Matrix, now this. I'm sorry. You got some work to do. I'm I telling do. you. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this. I love Elvis. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm like indirectly related to him too. No. Yeah. Like my. How is that possible? My great uncle, who married into this family, is related to him. Wow. I know. You just indirectly. dropped a bomb on here. I, I mean. Do. <laughs> Emma so, Gardner slash Elvis. <laughs> I mean, it's no, no wonder I love Elvis. I didn't even know that till I was like ten, but I loved really? him. Love me tender. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love like Jailhouse Rock. Oh, That's pretty good. Like, yeah, it is. It's just like I feel like it's so like innocent. I feel like I mean, obviously there's some songs that like people could say like it's not really, but um, I feel like there's so many that it's just good music. Yeah. Who are you like, influenced by like today with your music? You know. I would say. Um, honestly, I, I love just for me, good Christian music. I feel like any, like, yeah, I love listening to K-Love and, um, Mm -hmm. and just that's, that's what brings me the most peace. Whatever is on like K-Love, I feel, I honestly believe the right song comes on at the right moment. Yeah. What you just need here. So I'm not, I don't necessarily have like a artist that I'm most influenced by, but whatever song comes on that just really hits me at the right moment is anything like that. That's pretty good. You know, I, I listened to uh, Tori Kelly's recent album it was a gospel album oh, yeah. yeah, and it was so good. Definitely. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, it's just really good. And she's just got such a, a angelic voice. So beautiful. She does. And uh, always just, it's very heartwarming, uh, very kind album. I just pretty good, you know. But I like her other music too, you know, I'll be honest. So, yeah. you know, um, and then I like everything. I'm like, I love stuff. I'm a big 80s person. So like, I love like Def Leppard and those albums, Hysteria and Pyromania. And, you know, but I like 70s, 60s rock, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. I'm like, I just like a lot of stuff. I'm really yeah. into it. You're the, you like the variety. I like what variety. Feeling that day, you, you yeah, yeah, I'm into it, you know. So, but I just like good music. Like, I like good. I like. See, I don't necessarily associate music completely with like the time I was in. Like, oh, I was like 12 when I heard this. It's more of like the musicianship, right? Um, more of the like how the song structured was the concept of the album. Does it flow together really well and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um. So it's, it's very interesting. My brother is a, a, a hip-hop artist, actually. Nice. And so he does music full-time, hip-hop. He t- tours the world, and he's awesome. His name's Wordsmith. Everybody is, is an incredible artist, great music. And the best part about it, it's all positive. It's positive. He builds himself a positive, motivational hip-hop. So nice. he travels the world, literally, like Ukraine, Angola, all over the world, spreading this message of positive hip hop. And, and it sounds really good. I mean, it's really um, amazing beats and it's like any other hip hop. It's just more, it's more positive in nature, you know? Yeah. And so he's doing his part to spread good vibes, positive feelings, you know, believe in yourself and the whole thing. And I think this kind of ties up our whole social media thing is he has, he has made it professionally that's what he does full-time that's how he makes his money and he's not famous 
The majority of you people here in this one have never heard of him before, but he does it full time and he travels already tours. He plays huge shows in different countries and you've never heard of him. You don't have to be social media famous. Right. You don't have to be viral and all this to make a difference. You could just be yourself and not have a lot of people following you. As long as you're making a difference and you being yourself, you have made it. You yeah. are famous in your own mind that way, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like when you're yourself on social media, like you were saying, you're, like you said, with him not, maybe not having as many followers as somebody that's world famous, mm -hmm. but like he's still making it. He's still doing an impact on society, on the world, on everything like that honestly that, that's like what i want people to take away is that you are reaching the people that you need to reach yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. the amount of followers whether you have a million or you have 50 the yeah. 50 yeah. people you're reaching for a reason so share your story share your your struggle, share your good time, share everything because you never know what somebody needs to hear in that moment. It's totally true. And it's, it's the big basis of my podcast. I said I was going to start a podcast, not to become, oh, this podcast is going to be so famous and all that stuff. Oh, right. I need to only interview like CEOs of major companies and they're making all this money. No, my podcast is for everybody. I interview people who you've never heard of, who are just out there, college students, you know, senior citizens, you know, successful CEOs sometimes, you know, um, psychologists, therapists, you know, fitness professionals, people you just, you don't know who they are. They, everybody needs a voice yeah. and to tell their story. And, you know, I've made it my, I'm not going to just have people on just because they have some huge following and they could pump up my podcasts. I mean, there's plenty of people I've had on. There's really no way for them to share the podcast because they don't do anything. They don't do any social media, nothing. They just like, maybe their mom listened to it. It's right. totally fine. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, honey, you're on a podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> it's totally fine, you know? Yeah. And then I have some people who are like, they share it constantly all over the place. And I'm like... I'm grateful for both. Both are fine with me, you know. Good things take time. They're very slow moving. It's very organic. And re building relationships is like that. It takes time, you know. Right. Building something good is is a is a very long labor of back and forth, understanding each other, caring about people, loving them through the good times and bad times. You know, it's it's just it's the it's my world. I don't know about other people's world, but it's how I choose to conduct my world for that. So, yeah, definitely. So you know, you got some homework for me here. Okay? <laughs> I do. I do. I want to. I want an update on this. At some point, you like you know, send me a message and say that you've watched The Matrix. You listened to Michael Franti, "Flower in the Gun." You would totally like that song, right up your alley. You know, and uh, I forgot some other stuff, but you know. These are your, these are your, this is your objective. Okay. 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 We're going to work on it. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Gardner, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. You got it. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye.